Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today after a late night last night? Yeah, good to be here. Saw my son graduate last night. Yes, sir, from high school. Big congrats, brother. Big congrats. We love little Joe. Congrats, little Joe. Big shout out to our hundreds of thousands of listeners. We love little Joe. He's a good man. Uh, Hey, just a quick administrative. Yeah, man, of course. You got it. He's my buddy there. A couple administrative things. One, a big thank you. Uh, The survey we put out yesterday, the demographic survey of our audience, it was not in the show notes. Huge mistake on my part. I take full responsibility. It was, however, on the website. And I'm not even going to say how many, but tons of people responded. Just so you know, in the corporate world, if you send out a survey on email and you get like a 1% response rate, it's like, hey, thumbs up. Ours was off the charts. Thousands upon thousands of people. And it wasn't even in the show notes. It will be today. I promise you. I, I, We are not collecting your personal information. I'm just trying to get an idea of what my audience looks like. Uh-huh. This survey will be in the show notes today. Thanks to everyone who found it on the website yesterday. It'll take you two minutes or less to respond. We deeply appreciate it. And I want to send a big thank you to Media Matters. You may say media matters. You mean those lunatic leftists who sit in their basements all day playing video games and watching Fox News? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Media matters. We have made their must watch show list. They tweeted out clips from our YouTube show yesterday. And Paula, am I making this up? You know what, Paula? we We need a snapshot, that little gray thing on YouTube. And our audience is through the roof. Because I retweeted their tweet about our show. So thank you, leftist lunatics on Media Matters. We were about 25% above our regular audience yesterday. Thanks to you. Keep tweeting at Media Matters. Keep it up. I will retweet your content if it's good. Thank you very <laughs> much, good. lunatics at Media Matters. All right, I got a lot to get to today. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many things. Let, let's get Bongino. Let's promote to our people his content that is YouTube stuff. Wow, you got me there. Don't oh. do that again. Ever. Ding. Ever again. This is. This, you want to talk about ownership of the libs? This is how you live rent-free in their heads. You get them to tweet your content and advertise your show. <laughs> hey, pal, don't do, don't don't dare do that again, ever. Ding. <laughs> and they're like, and I love their promotion. They're like, watch this complete meltdown by Dan Bongino about Mueller. I'm like, yes, see the full meltdown on our YouTube channel at YouTube.com/slash. Ah, daddy <laughs> Good shot. All right. Right. Lot to get to today. Uh, the disgraceful Mueller press conference yesterday. Awful stuff. Uh, I'm going to get mm. to that. And what we may, you may have missed yesterday, Mueller relying on ambiguity. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at GenuCell. Hey, you ever say, I wish this double chin would just go away? Yeah. Double chins, sagging jawlines, and turkey necks are real <laughs> problems. There you go, turkey next. Until now, introducing GenuCell's jawline treatment formulated with MDL technology. You know, Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas, who's become famous on this show, wrote, I put the jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I'm blown away. But the only email that matters from my mother-in-law said, Danny, you better get me more of that gen yourself. 
There you go. <laughs> sure, you could exp uh, use expensive and harsh treatments. Why do it? Right now, get the GenuCell jawline treatment absolutely free when you order the classic GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness. And with its instant effects, you can see results in the first 12 hours, guaranteed, or your money back. Text the word young, like the opposite of old, because that's how you'll look young, to 77453 or go to GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com for a limited time. Shamini will include a second surprise luxury gift free. Text young to 77453 or visit GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. All right, let's go. Here we go. Okay, Mueller is lying. I don't know any other way to say it. Bob Mueller sadly uh, has, has ended his, I guess you could say, storied career. If you're a Mueller fan, uh, you know, we'd be leaving out a lot of the unstoried stuff that happened. But Mueller is going to end this career on a real low note, what Bob Mueller did yesterday at the press conference was a disgrace. Now, I covered most of it, so I don't need to relitigate most of the. I pointed out yesterday, what is it? I have my notes from yesterday's show. Mm -hmm. About four or five things from it that were takeaways. But the one thing I wanted to double down on now is what he did with this OLC guideline. Let uh. me play this first. I'm going to play a video for you. And I'm going to, I want to set it up though. The Office of Legal Counsel are like lawyers for the Justice Department. That's the best way to say it. Right. They provide guidance. The guidance is not law. It is guidance. That's why it's called Office of Legal Counsel guidance, okay? Mm -hmm. The OLC guidelines and guidance indicate that you cannot indict a sitting president. Copy? Now, Mueller's playing a little trick with this. And when and Joe, I'm going to need you today as the ombudsman. Gotcha, uh, if, it's, if it gets complicated, stop me. Sure. But the trick, when you understand what he's doing, you'll see why Mueller's not a good guy. What Mueller's doing is sleazy and shady right now. Bob Mueller's relying on a, a, a bunch of ambiguity, knowing the left-wing media and their liberal hacks will take that ambiguity he leaves out there and runs with it. Here's what I mean. He says something completely different in private than he does in public. In private, he has told Bill Barr that the reason he didn't charge the president in his Mueller report with obstruction is not due to the OLC guidance that says you cannot charge a sitting president. Does that make sense? He has already yeah. said that in yeah. front of multiple witnesses, multiple times to the attorney general. Right. Did you not charge the president, Bob, because the OLC says you can't charge a president? No, no, that's not why I did it. Now he comes out in a press conference yesterday and says something completely different. Mm -hmm. This is a side-by-side, uh, -side, it's about a minute cut, of what Mueller said yesterday and what Mueller told Barr and multiple witnesses before that to show you Mueller can't possibly be telling the truth. If we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime. The introduction to the volume two of our report explains that decision. It explains that under long-standing department policy, a president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. Even if the charge is kept under seal and hidden from public view, that too is prohibited. The special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. 
on March 5th, we specifically asked him about the OLC opinion and whether or not he was taking the position that he would have found a crime but for the existence of the OLC opinion. And he made it very clear several times that that was not his position. He, he was not saying that but for the OLC opinion, he would have found a crime. He made it clear that he had not made the determination that there was a crime. Okay, let me be crystal clear on what's... Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Let me be crystal clear on what's happening here. <laughs> the Democrats and the liberal media lunatics are framing this now as a... He said, she said, or he said, he said. Yeah. In other words, they're yeah. saying, look, Mueller would have found a crime here of obstruction. He said it yesterday, and the only reason he didn't is because the legal counsel guidelines prevent him from charging the president. Therefore, the media, in their activist role, jumps to the conclusion that the president committed a crime, and the only reason Mueller didn't charge him is because the Office of Legal Counsel has said, you can't charge a sitting president. You tracking me? Yeah. But that is absolutely not what he told Bill Barr and multiple witnesses at the DOJ, including Rod Rosenstein, who is no friend of Trump's. He literally signed a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump team. Okay. Mm -hmm. Multiple. So it's not a he said he said. Well, the media is going to say it's Barr's word versus Mueller's. It is not. It is Mueller's word versus Barr versus Rosenstein. And by the way, as you can see from this statement from the Department of Justice issued yesterday, the Department of Justice's actual opinion and multiple people at the Department of Justice. The attorney, just as the official statement of the Department of Justice yesterday, the attorney general's previously stated that the special counsel repeatedly affirmed that he was not saying that but for the OLC opinion, he would have found the president obstructed justice. The special counsel's report in his statement today made clear that the office concluded it would not reach a determination one way or the other about whether the president committed a crime. Here's the key line. There is no conflict between these two statements. You may say, this is now really confusing. Of course there's a conflict. Mm Mm-hmm. Mueller in public just said yesterday, or at, at the the only way to read what Mueller said, and Andy McCarthy has a terrific piece up about this today, the only way, it'll be in the show notes, to read this, got to remember that, take that down, the only way to read this, because I didn't put it in originally, is that Mueller is giving a dog whistle, like Joe said yesterday, and he was right, mm-hmm. to the press to say Trump obstructed justice and the only reason I didn't do it is for the OLC guidelines. That is not what he has said behind closed doors. It is the statements do conflict. Mueller is not telling the truth. He's playing this strategic ambiguity game where whenever he loses the narrative, then and what is the narrative? What is Mueller trying to do? He is trying to foster a narrative that Donald Trump committed a high crime and misdemeanor and that Congress needs to impeach him as his second dog whistle yesterday, Mueller, when he said, well, there's a congressional remedy for this. Uh He wants this guy impeached. He hates Trump. He is not a good guy. 
So what does he do behind closed doors? He realizes, follow me here, please. Mm -hmm. He realizes he has no case for obstruction. Even my wife was a little confused about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. She knows this case better than anybody. She listens to me all day, literally. Mm -hmm. We live in a, you know, house isn't that big. We're around each other all day. That's a good thing, by the way. I'm not complaining. She looks good today, by the way. Looks great. You look fantastic. It's my favorite new shirt out there. We need the Paula cam. <laughs> it's true. But you. even she was a little confused about this yesterday. She's like, I don't, I don't, I don't get this. Like, why is Mueller playing this game? Why not just charge him in the Mueller report and then let the Democrats impeach? Great question. Uh-huh. And I'm because if she didn't get it yesterday, then I know some of you don't get it. In other words, if Mueller hates this guy so bad, Dan, like you're saying, mm-hmm. why not just write in a Mueller report like Ken Starr did in his report on Bill Clinton that he believes the president obstructed justice and would be charged with a crime? We can't. But that's not what he's doing. Right. He goes behind closed doors to bar and says, I'm not going to charge him with a crime. And it has nothing to do with the fact that the OLC guidelines say I can't. In other words, we don't have the evidence. Why is he saying two different things? I'm sorry, Joe. Were you going to say something? No, no. Um, I'll tell you what, though. We did talk about this, and you called this about, what, eight shows ago? Yes. Something I know, like and I know you remember this. Right, on, right so, on the button. Forgive me for some of you. I'm repeating this twice, yeah. but I, I think a lot of people don't get what he's doing. Here's the reason he is not recommending charges for the president. It has nothing to do with the OLC guidance. Forget that. Right. You tell your liberal friends that's a nonsense talking point. He has already told multiple witnesses behind closed doors that is not the reason he didn't charge the president. Forget it. We, what he said yesterday is a lie. There are multiple witnesses that he's lying. You can't say Bob Mueller lied. I just did. He's lying. It's he said versus them. All of those people saying that's not what he said behind closed doors. The reason he is not charging the president, despite his vitriolic hatred for the man, is because he doesn't want to be humiliated in court. Um. How would the president wind up in court? Ladies and gentlemen, if Bob Mueller recommended charges for the president of the United States in his report, like he's afraid to do, there is zero question that the Democrats would do what in response, Joe? Impeach. Yeah. They're going to impeach now, despite the fact that the report exonerates Trump. Right, right. And he's been exonerated of obstruction by the Department of Justice. They still want to impeach. Which I'll get to in a second, this piece of legal insurrection, by the way, which is a gift to Trump in some respects. Now... Once impeached, the president can absolutely be charged. So follow me here. Yeah, yeah. Mueller understands then as special counsel, if he recommends charges for obstruction, he has no evidence to back up in, in a legal way in a, to, to make this case prosecutable. He has no case and he knows it. As Rudy Giuliani said, the president would likely be impeached, may may be convicted by the Senate because you have so many Republican rhinos who hate the president too. Mm-hmm. And then what would happen, Joe? OLC guidance wouldn't matter because he wouldn't be the president. He'd be removed from office, which would mean he'd have to be charged. He knows Mueller, then he would have to go to court. Follow me. And he would lose this case in the most catastrophic, embarrassing way. And then what would happen? You'd have a bunch of American voters with their pens scratching their heads going, wait, let me get this straight. 
We just impeached the president we all elected on a charge that was thrown out of court and laughed out of court in five minutes for obstruction of justice that didn't happen. Mm. Mueller would become a historical laughingstock. I am deeply sorry if this is in any way convoluted. I promise you, I'm not erring in the explanation of it. It's the only way to explain this. But you need to understand the gamesmanship of what's going on, the Game of Thrones behind the scenes here, because these are not honest brokers. They are not doing the right thing. So just to backtrack, Mueller does not have the option of recommending charges. It has nothing to do with the OLC stuff. He's already told people he's just lying. So the only way to, for Mueller to save his broken, tarnished reputation now, because he basically hates the president, wants to hurt him mm-hmm. uh, by impeachment, politically that is. Right. The only way to do it, but to save his reputation and not have to go to court and try this loser of a case and become a historical embarrassment is by, and using Joe's word from yesterday, and he was right, is by using dog whistles. So what does he do? He yesterday goes out, despite having said the opposite to Barr behind closed doors. He goes, well, you know, the OLC thing basically got in our way. Wink and a nod in the goofiest way possible, right? Knowing the liberal media, the activists that they are, and the lunatic fringe Democrat party, I don't know how anybody can be a Democrat anymore, will then run in front of the cameras, which they did in seconds, Joe, after this was over, in seconds (laughs) and said, there it is. There it is. You had Jerry Nadler like this. Did you see Jerry Nadler reading oh. from the statement? He was like, oh, yeah. President Trump committed a, a, a crime. And then they start asking him questions and he doesn't even <laughs> put the paper down. He goes, like I said, pre- <laughs> President Trump committed a crime. He was so <laughs> nervous, Jerry Nadler, because yeah, even the audience is laughing at him because he knows he doesn't have a case either. Yeah. He, he deserves a monthly on that one. The guy is an embarrassment. A total farce. Even Muttley thinks he's a joke. He didn't. He couldn't for a second act in an extemporaneous manner. He was a wreck. Trump's been accused. Uh, he was a total wreck. Yeah. Trump has been accused of the worst crimes possible. Right this morning before we came on the air, he goes out in front of the cameras. He's headed out to the Air Force Academy. He took questions for what, 20 minutes? Mm. No notes right off the top of his head. No problem at all. And yet the left, Trump's the Trump's the Nadler reading from a statement, shaking in his boots. <laughs> They don't have a case. They have no case. So Mueller puts it out there with a wink and a nod. Hey, I really did have a crime here, but I couldn't do it from OLC rules. Even though I told Barr the opposite. I know you liberal media types and Democrats will pick up what I'm saying. Trump really committed a crime and you should really impeach. But don't come back to me for answers. I'm gone, by the way. I'm running off into the sunset. There I'm not taking any questions. There you go, Mr. Oh, Bongino. There you go. That is so cowardly. Oh, cheap, so cheap, cowardly. Cheap. Joe, you yeah, yeah. bar in front of the cameras now. Uh-huh. Multiple times. Up on the hill. Under oath. Trump in front of the cameras. This guy's the most yeah. transparent president we've ever seen. You don't have to like him. But you suggesting he's not transparent is in stop humiliating yourself, please. The guy's in front of the camera all the time. And yet the one guy who could clear this up, Bob Mueller, Bob, why did you tell them the OLC thing had nothing to do with you not charging the president with a crime and then dog whistle to the press that you would have charged them with a crime yesterday, despite right. for the OLC? Those two statements can't be true. Why are you lying? 
I'm not answering any questions. I am the almighty Bob Mueller. It's ridiculous. This guy is getting away. He leaves it ambiguous. Yep. Let me tie that up then. Okay, cool. He leaves it ambiguous and gives conflicting statements. OLC got in the way. OLC didn't get in the way. Because he understands, Joe, that this is a media Rorschach test. Uh Uh-huh. He knows that when he leaves it ambiguous and doesn't give a clear explanation, which is what his purpose was yesterday, to be ambiguous, Uh that the media will interpret it how, Joe? In the worst anti-Trump way possible. And he was saying- Bob Mueller knows this guy's not dumb. He was saying, I won't get in your way either. I won't get in your way because I'm not talking about it. I, yes, I am gone. I will leave the Bingo. ambiguity, amb, amb, ambiguity, 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 gosh, spit it out, Bongino, up to you, because I know you hate Trump. Yes, sir. I know you will assume, which will make an ass out of you and me, has been said. I know you will assume I meant I had a crime, uh-huh. but I didn't charge him if I dog whistle this OLC thing, even though I didn't, because I told Barr that. And I know this will be the media. This was all about a soundbite for the media knowing ambiguity works against Trump because the media hates him. That's it. Good one, Dano. Good one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the only explanation for what happened. Now, I got more on this. Um, It's important. I'm going to get to it in a second, especially how this impeachment thing is if they, because they're going to run with it now. It's very, I don't want to say with 100% certainty, but I would be leaning 51% right now that they are going to move towards impeachment. Hold on, I got more on that. Um, today's show also brought to you by my buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. This is one of their best products out there. I love Brickhouse Nutrition. If you have not yet tried foundation on this show, you're making a big mistake. Go to BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. It's one of my favorite supplements out there. It is a creatine ATP blend. It is the finest nutrition supplement I've ever taken. You don't believe me? Take this product, foundation, and try what I call the seven-day mirror test. The product takes about five to seven days to load in your system. Go look in the mirror before you take it. Take a little bit of a mental snapshot of what you look like. And then seven days after you start taking the product, follow the label instructions in the back. Watch how much different you look. This stuff is the real deal. You know, a lot of supplements work slowly. They're for general health overall. Um, you know, we have products like Field of Greens, which is great. You'll feel better. It's great for your, co- you know, your cognitive, your mental health, uh, you know, everything. I love Field of Greens. It's a great product. But it's a lifelong bedrock staple. It takes a little while to take effect, change your dietary habits. This works right away. This is great stuff. It's called Foundation. It's a creatine ATP blend. It'll make you look better, feel better, perform better in the gym. What better trifecta than that? Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle of Foundation today. You won't regret it. Okay, getting back to this, and I'll wrap up this story because i got a lot more to get to. Legal Insurrection, uh, Bill Jacobson, who's really terrific, a great blog over there, had this piece up about this impeachment process. The title of the piece will be in the show notes today. Uh, Mueller breathed life into Democrat impeachment push and may have just reelected Trump. (laughs) You know, ladies and gentlemen, this goes to show you how this blew up in their face yesterday badly. What is he saying in the piece? Folks, Nancy Pelosi is... Listen, I am not a fan at all of Nancy Pelosi's politics. Please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I, I leave my email open for a reason, but I, I the only emails I don't like are when people email me about things I didn't say. Why are you, you know, patting Pelosi on the back? I'm not. Let me be clear on this. But I respect my political opposition when I know they are good at what they do. 
I'd said this about Obama repeatedly. You, you say, oh, Obama's an idiot. He's real stupid. You, no, that he's not. He was very smart and tactically shrewd. And the underestimating of Barack Obama got us a huge loss to, you know, from Mitt Romney in the midterms. We chronically underestimated this guy's ability to change public opinion. I bring that up in light of Pelosi because, listen, Pelosi is very, very tactically savvy. Mueller hurt her yesterday badly. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, I'm getting this from a bunch of people. Let's call them denizens of the swamp who are intimately (laughs) familiar with the workings up on the hill. Nancy Pelosi, there were two people furious about Mueller yesterday. Bill Barr, because oh. Mueller lied about what he said about the OLC guidance. Mueller, again, Mueller didn't charge Trump because he couldn't charge Trump. He had no case, not because of OLC. He lied about it. Right. But secondly, the dog whistle about the OLC, because Mueller is not as tactically savvy or politically savvy as Pelosi. Mueller thought he was doing the Democrats a favor. Look, I'll give you this dog whistle. There was a crime, and I just didn't charge it because of OLC. Impeach! Ladies and gentlemen, Pelosi doesn't want to impeach because she knows it is going to blow up in her party's face. She knows this. She is not dumb. She is wrong politically, ideologically. She's on the wrong side of nearly every issue. She is not stupid. Why will impeachment not work for her? Because the impeachment talk, I don't want to say it was dying down because the radical portion of the Democrat Party is never going to let it go. The Rashida Tlaibs, Adam Schiff's, the you know, loony Eric Swalwells. Right. They're, they're not interested in reality. They're just going to push for impeachment no matter what. But the, what's that guy? Max uh, in the Staten Island district. I forget his last name. Democrat in a Republican district. Mm. The Connor Lambs in Pennsylvania. I forget the guy's last name. I'm sorry, Max. No disrespect intended. Um, but I see them on Fox a lot and they try to toe the moderate line because they're congressional representatives in districts that lean Trump, lean Republican. They don't want anything to do with impeachment. It is a total loser. A poll I just saw, only, what was it, 19% of Americans support impeaching the president? Do you understand this is a loser? The problem is that same 19% are now Democrat primary voters choosing the next Democrat nominee for the presidency in the United States. So all of these candidates, Kamala Harris, Looney Swalwell, uh, de Blasio, uh, Buttigieg, all of them, Mm -hmm. Beto, they all have to push for impeachment knowing it is a loser in the general because they have to get past the primary first. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a big difference between what happened. I had this uh, debate last night with Chris Hahn on the Laura Ingram show on Fox. Hahn was actually right about one thing. He's like, listen, impeachment is is bad. No matter, you know, it's just not a good thing and no one should wish for it. But he goes, I don't think impeachment is going uh, to help Trump. He's right and he's wrong. Yeah, listen, ladies and gentlemen, of course being impeached in the House of Representatives. Remember, being impeached doesn't mean you're removed from office. Right. Being impeached is the equivalent of an, of an indictment. Right. You can go to trial. But the president doesn't go to trial in the courts. He goes to trial in the Senate presided over by the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Folks, they don't have the votes in the Senate to remove the president from office. Pelosi knows that. That's what happened with Bill Clinton, who was impeached. They lost the trial in the Senate. And they looked ridiculous. 
even though Clinton actually committed crimes. The difference here is Clinton actually committed crimes. Trump did not. Mueller did not recommend any charges. Ken Starr did. Do you understand the difference? Think of how bad this will be. Yes, no president wants to be impeached. Han's correct about that. But his second point, Joe, Mm -hmm. that this is going to be a total loser for the president, a catastrophe, I'm not so sure. I think Jacobson may be right. No one wants to be impeached. But Bill Clinton, listen to me, was impeached on crimes that Ken Starr actually recommended in his report. In other words, he said, this guy committed these crimes on this date. Here's the evidence. And it still blew up in there. Bill Clinton left office with 60% approval because the American people don't like elected politicians trying to remove other elected politicians for purely political reasons. That's why. Mm -hmm. Why will it blow up in their face even worse now? This is where Han is wrong. Because there is no underlying crime. There is no collusion. That's over. It was a hoax. Mueller said it was a hoax. It's over. Number one. And number two, on this obstruction charge they try him on, how are they going to... Mueller didn't even charge recommend charges on right. obstruction. Right, right, You right. think the Senate's... They, they, they will never get past that in a Senate trial. Yeah. Every single witness at the trial... Sir, you keep saying the president obstructed justice, yet a $40 million investigation with 500 search warrants and millions of emails didn't actually uncover any obstruction charges. Why Do you know something Bob Mueller didn't? The case would be humiliating. Mueller would look like an idiot. The Democrats would look like idiots. They would lose so badly it would be embarrassing. That's why Pelosi's freaking out right now. Because she fully understands that they've got a big problem. The impeachment stuff was finally starting to wane just a little bit. And what does Mueller do? Bob Mueller, super patriot, to the rescue. As Joe said yesterday, dog whistle. I would have charged him, but that OLC thing got in the way. That's not what you told everyone else, Bob. And then what happens? (laughs) <laughs> you go dog whistles that's right and all of a sudden the impeachment dog, here we go there we go reaching the asymptote again i mean if they can't prevent they cannot control themselves this reminds me of this impeachment thing this is the one of the most predictable acts of political suicide i have ever seen by the democrats this trial will be humiliating it reminds me of the ren and stimpy episode <laughs> where they tell him don't touch the red button it'll destroy the world and the whole time you got to touch the red button. They can't they cannot avoid touching the impeachment red button. It is an act of pure political suicide. So yes, impeachment is not a great thing. But politically speaking, I do not believe it would be the catastrophe. I'm not recommending they do it. I do not think it would be the catastrophe that some of these hacks think it would be. It will blow up in their face. All right. I'm sorry, folks. I had a lot. I know I covered it yesterday, but there's so much. I'm getting emails from so many different sources. I just want you to get a full scope of what's going on. Yeah. Hey, one one quick last thing, because I, you know what, Joe, we, we talked about. It. I'm sorry I didn't tie it up uh, as well as I wanted to. What I had mentioned two weeks ago and what Joe was referring to is, remember, yeah. the reason Mueller did not make a decision and punted the decision on, on obstruction to Barr 
Barr and Rosenstein, who said the president didn't obstruct justice, we're not, we're moving on, right. is because Barr wrote that memo before he gets into the attorney general's seat, indicating that it's not obstruction of justice to fire Jim Comey. The president could fire who he wants for whatever reason he wants. He's the chief executive. So track me. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but Mueller thought he was being politically savvy, punting to Barr, because now he knows again that the ambiguity, that the fact that Barr made the decision not to charge Trump as the attorney general, which is his, by the way, Mueller knows the media, the hacks that they are, will now say, well, Barr had already come into this with his decision. He wrote the memo before he got into office saying the president can't be charged for obstruction. You get it? Yeah, boy. I'll tell you. Don't forget that. Yeah. Mueller tried two things, the two stunts, punting the bar, knowing the media will blame bar for being political because he already wrote that memo, because that's what the media does. And secondly, dog whistle OLC, even though I can't really say OLC, knowing the media will say, look, crimes were committed, OLC got in the way. That's all that happened yesterday. Understand that, you understand this whole case. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Policy Genius. Hey, there's a widely held belief that procrastination is a bad thing, but life isn't so black and white. Sometimes procrastination can work in your favor, huh? For example, if you need life insurance, but you've been putting it off, congratulations. You have managed to procrastinate long enough for technology to make it super easy to find life insurance. PolicyGenius.com, PolicyGenius.com. You can compare quotes in just two minutes. This is by far the easiest way to shop for insurance online. In just two minutes, the deuce, you can compare quotes from top insurers and find your best price. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. Don't You don't have to worry about any of that. So sales pressure, there's none of that. There's no hidden fees, just financial protection and your peace of mind. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. We like that. So if you need life insurance, but you've been busy doing literally anything else, check out PolicyGenius.com, PolicyGenius.com, the easy way to compare all the top insurers, find out the best value for you, PolicyGenius.com. Nobody wants to shop for life insurance. That's why PolicyGenius.com made it easy for you. Nice. Okay, Um, moving on. I wanted to give you some inside perspective about a story that, um, again, is fake news, but the media is very good at fake news. That's actually their one area of expertise. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. saw this John McCain story yesterday, the USS John McCain. I didn't see it. Uh, it was in, the, yeah, it's in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. The story, having been a you know a Secret Service agent in my prior career, I hate to say that. I don't. Uh-huh. Want, I'm not jamming it down anybody's throat, but I have a unique um, skill set. I used to do this stuff. Here's the story. Uh, it's according to the Wall Street Journal. Apparently, the White House wanted the USS John McCain, quote, out of sight during Trump's Japan visit. Ladies and gentlemen, the story is not accurate. The White House did not want it. So just to be clear what we're talking about, President Trump just got back from Japan. This naval ship, the USS uh, John McCain, was supposed to be somewhere in the background. According to the Wall Street Journal story, we all know President Trump um Uh, Did not get along with John McCain. That's not breaking news. They did not like each other at all. President Trump spoke out about it this morning. According to the Wall Street Journal story, uh, the president, the White House, I should say, to be precise about their headline, wanted the John McCain removed. I guess he didn't want his name in the background or didn't want the president to see it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not accurate at all, according to my sources and the sources of many others. Now, Somebody may have wanted the John McCain removed or the the name John McCain covered up. 
I'm not denying that. But it was not the president. Hmm. It was not the president. I just want to be crystal clear on I am I will take this story to the grave. Now, what probably happened here, according to my peeps, right? Mm-hmm. When you do an advance, an overseas advance, a security advance for the president, there are three tenets, three core components to the advance. The Secret Service, the White House staff, and the military. Whammo, the White House military office. For a number of reasons. We use a lot of military assets overseas. There's military liaison. The military runs things like the president's food supply that's run by the Navy, uh, Navy folks who check the food. Communications are run by the military, the White House communications, uh, 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 the Waka people. Remember Waka? I always say that. What was it? Fozzie Bear? Waka, Waka, Waka. Waka. But the Waka folks. So the military has a significant role. Here's what probably happened here, because I've seen this before on advances where I was the lead. I was running the operation. There was probably a younger staffer out there looking to impress. When you go out on these advances and the president has a pretty vibrant travel schedule. So I'm going to give you some inside baseball. When the president travels a lot, a lot of the more experienced travel advance folks out of the White House staff get strained and stressed so they can't go on every trip. So what starts to happen is they start to pull people with less experience. They can pull people out of out of HUD, out of HHS, whatever it may be, and say, listen, we need you to act as White House staff on this overseas trip, okay? They're probably inexperienced. Someone was probably trying to impress the, you know, the actual White House travel office part, like the experienced staffer who may may have been calling, they may have been calling back to. And somebody probably recommended to someone in the military, hey, you know, these two don't get along. You may want to remove this. I will, I am positive that's what happened. I've seen it. Hmm. I've seen some of the dumbest requests you have ever seen come out of these trips where young inexperienced staffers do absolutely ridiculous things, ridiculous things on trips. And either the secret service lead or the white house military office lead will be like, Hey, Joe staffer, Mm. we're not doing that. So, I I mean, I can tell you one story in Indonesia where the guy's requests were so ridiculous that the Indonesians came to me and said, don't even have this guy around, get him out of here. He was seriously. I was like, I can't get him out of here. The White House staff makes these decisions, not us. It's not security related. Folks, the story is a big nothing burger. It was probably an inexperienced staffer just making a a bad call. The president said it today during the presser on the South Lawn. Oh, thank you, Paul. And his tweet, I'll read his tweet to you. The President Trump's Twitter account. I was not informed about anything having to do with the Navy ship USS John S. McCain during my recent visit to Japan. Nevertheless, Flotus, First Lady, and I love being with our great military men and women. What a spectacular job they do. Folks, he's not making this up. There is absolutely no way that decision went up to the president of the United States. And forgive me in the Wall Street Journal if you didn't, uh, you know, I I don't mean to insinuate that they said the president had a direct role in this. They said the White House. So technically they could be right if it's a lower level staffer. But when you write that in a headline, it insinuates that somehow like this was some high level decision. It was not, folks. I'm telling you, I could tell you a thousand stories about dumb, ridiculous decisions made by the staff. And you're like, dude. We are totally not doing that, okay? Sorry. 
It's not going to happen. I'm the staff. You're not the staff. I had one staffer running around in the Republican administration <laughs> telling people he was Secret Service because they wouldn't listen to him because his decisions he was making were so dumb. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> we're overseas and the guy's like, hey, one of your agents is telling me to do this with the mags and stuff. I go, Who, what agent? I, you know, I'm like, I was the psych guy. I, don't, I didn't say that. I didn't, no, no, I didn't say to do that. And they're like, that guy over there, I'm like, that's not an agent. That's a staffer. They're like, oh, but he's got the earpiece. I bring him over. He's quaking in his boots. I'm like, hey, you gave him the, you know, the dreaded. I'm like, did you tell them to do that? Tell him you were Secret Service? No, 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 no. I said I was with the Secret Service. No, no, you're not with the Secret Service. You are with the staff. Uh-huh. You should have seen the guy like sweating. It was hysterical to watch. They do that all the time. He was doing his best Jerry uh-huh. Nadler, you know? <laughs> Doing his best, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. President. I mean, gosh, Jerry, you didn't do yourself any favors. Just stay away from the mic, dude. It was pathetic. It was the sorriest thing I have ever seen. My gosh. So weak. And a guy asked him a question. He reads from the exact same statement. Yeah, we heard that. Are you going to have an extemporaneous thought this entire time? All right, uh, last read of the day, and I want to get to some other <laughs> big story by John Sullivan. Hey, we got a new sponsor. I am really ecstatic to have on board, folks. Uh, Tommy John. I have been a fan oh. of Tommy John, I kid you not, for a very long time. I've been wearing their underwear forever. Love them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my, 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 wife, my wife loves them, too. So do I love them because my wife loves them. She's demanded I be diplomatic on this. I'd prefer not to, but I love my wife to death and I don't want to get divorced after the show. But she loves Tommy John. Can we, is that okay, Paula, to say? Yes, okay, thank there you. you. Go. I could have taken uh, two or three steps. For, we love Tommy John in this house. Hey, this Father's Day, Tommy John is reminding you that their quick draw fly saves guys 217 minutes of unnecessarily fumbling for, for per year. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. That's a lot of time. Yeah. So instead of fly fishing in the bathroom, dad can spend more time out on the water. Whether it's your father, brother, or husband, give the gift of life. Changing this comfort, changing comfort this Father's Day with Tommy John. These are the most comfortable underwear you will ever wear. Love them to death. Love them. My wife loves their, uh, their their products for women, too. The best. Tommy John's lightweight, breathable underwear and limited edition outdoorsy prints and colors are perfect for everything from fishing trips to weekend getaways. It's Father's Day. This is what you want to get the man in your life. Plus, for guys, more likely to recline than cast the line, they've created exclusive Father's Day gift sets featuring loungewear, apparel, and additional underwear styles so comfortable he won't even believe it. Their underwear legs never ride up. You know that feeling? It's pretty awful. The waistband never rolls down and you'll never get a wedgie guaranteed oh, but did so you glad. know you're covered forever yeah that is great you, oh, you don't man. want those all tommy john is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guaranteed if he doesn't love them his first item you get a full refund grab your gifts early their limited edition collections are sure to sell out tommy john no adjustment needed here's what you do 
Go to TommyJohn.com slash Dan for 20% off your first order. 20% off TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Find out how you can get free expedited shipping, guaranteed Father's Day delivery on orders placed by January 12th. That's TommyJohn.com slash Dan for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Welcome on board, Tommy John. I can't tell you how happy I am to have you here. TommyJohn.com slash Dan for 20% off. Okay. John Solomon had another uh, fascinating piece out yesterday. We love John. John has just been all over this case in the Hill. This uh, will also be in the show notes today. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't require a lot of deep analysis, but it does add to the case that's been ongoing in this show uh, for, for well over a year and a half now that the FBI used a source in their case to get a warrant to spy on the Trump team, Christopher Steele. That was garbage. He was a bunk source and he was crap. John Solomon at the Hill yesterday. Did the Brits warn about Steele's credibility before Mueller's probe? Congress has evidence. Now, the story is pretty fascinating, but it's very simple to explain. After the Trump election in the transition period, Joe, mm -hmm. sources, according to Solomon's, John Solomon's sources are telling him that a note from the United Kingdom's national security folks, a note was hand-delivered to people on Lieutenant General Mike Flynn's staff, who was Flynn at the time. Flynn was the incoming national security advisor for the incoming president, president-elect Donald J. Trump. This handwritten note said, listen, Steele's do not, basically do not trust this guy. Multiple people have seen this note. Now, Nunes and others are desperately trying to get their hold of, uh, their, a hold of this note. Solomon seems to indicate it is sitting somewhere in a safe, but that it will be exposed. But ladies and gentlemen, this is another nail in the coffin of the FBI's story that they had, like I discussed yesterday with Jim Comey, probable cause to investigate Donald Trump. Probable cause means your evidence is verified based on a verified source. How many nails in the Christopher Steele credibility coffin do we need? Mm. The Brits themselves apparently passed what we now know to be some form of official intelligence in the form of a note to American counterparts saying this guy is not reliable. We now have a note. Written evidence Steele was unreliable. We have the the his uh the notes taken by the State Department official Kavalek, who's interviewing Steele before the FISA. He can't even remember his own Cohen Prague story. He indicates his information's coming from Russian disinformation specialists. He tells the State Department before the FISA, I need this information out before election day, indicating his motivations were political, not intelligence oriented. Folks, what else do you need? I, I don't understand. I, I'm really, I don't want to beat a dead horse on this, but how many other red flags did you need to see in the FBI that your source was garbage? And yet you stamped verified and signed the application anyway, knowing your case was bedrocked in a dossier, as Andy McCabe's already said, they wouldn't have had a case without the dossier, produced by a guy who was either lying or being lied to by disinformation specialists. The United Kingdom apparently warned us. Now, behind the scenes, what do you think is really going on here, Joe? <laughs> mm. Again, uh, I'll give you 
This is the John Solomon translator for a okay. moment. But I think Solomon knows the whole story. I've always I've said that from the yeah, start. You have. Yeah. What's really happening here is notice the timeline. Hmm. President Trump is elected president-elect in November. He doesn't take office till mid-January of the following year. It's a transition period. Not, you know, nothing mm-hmm. mysterious about that. We already know. We know this. It's not in dispute anymore, according to The Guardian, CNN, and others, that the United Kingdom assisted U.S. intelligence agencies in spying on the Trump team. We know that. We have the articles. We've put them up 100 times. That's not in dispute anymore. We know that. What probably happened, Joe, is on election night, the UK folks are like, oh, look, the guy we just spied on is now president. What do we do now? So somebody gets the bright idea to say, listen, we better do a big mea culpa. Mm -hmm. Somebody better. Now you get it. You see where I'm going with this? Somebody write a letter and we will hand deliver it, making sure they get it. Mm. that we don't trust this steel guy. What do you mean? You mean the same steel guy you did trust while you were spying on the Trump team during the campaign? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. In other words, look, look, we, we're we covering our own butts here. We don't trust this guy. Well, you did a few months ago. Somebody was trying to make a wrong right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, calling the FBI, calling the CYA, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The CYA, very good, very good. Yeah. They're trying to CTA, cover mm-hmm. their... Uh, Bingo. Yeah. You get it. They're trying to... Go, because they're going to go back, oh, no, look, we, we presented a note to the Trump team saying we didn't trust them. Oh. Okay, it doesn't absolve you of being a, you know central figures in, in, in a spying scandal for months before that. But that's what's really going on behind the scenes. Now, when the memo is exposed, again, these things are all in a normal, sane world, bombshell type information. Mm -hmm. But sadly, this case is so devious and disgusting that even things like this, that you mean the United Kingdom passed a note saying don't trust the source that was being used to spy on the Trump team? You think that's not a big deal? No, it's not a big deal in this case because this case is so full of bombshells that the, and the Democrats have hidden so much that the story Solomon put out yesterday is not even on the front page anywhere. UK warns. Source, the United States is using a spy on their president. It's not good. That's like a major headline in a sane world. But we don't live in a sane world anymore. Okay. Uh, one more note. Yeah, from yesterday's uh, Washington Post, Jim Comey op-ed, I just wanted a hat tip to my buddy 279, by the way. Great point today. We covered this part where he talks about Ms. Sud being a Russian agent in, in Jim Comey's Washington Post article yesterday. And our buddy 279, our great source, he said, listen, you missed something yesterday on this. He says, this is from Comey's op-ed yesterday at the Washington Post. He said, I just need the opening sentence. He said, in April 2016, he's talking about an advisor, George Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos talked to a Russian agent in London. Folks, he's talking about Mifsud Comey. A buddy emailed me this morning. He's like, you know, it's obvious what Comey's doing right now. Comey keeps claiming Mifsud is a Russian agent, despite the fact that the evidence is overwhelming that Mifsud, who spoke to Papadopoulos, is a Western intelligence asset. In other words, was involved in the framing of George Papadopoulos and the setup of the team. Because Comey's defense later on is going to be, hey, I was told by the CIA and others this guy was a Russian agent. I'm not going to backtrack on it now. Go ask them. Nice pickup. Nice pickup. 279er. 
You are the man, Daddy-O. Nice job. You are absolutely right. I agree with you a thousand percent, and I neglected to bring that up yesterday. This is Comey's opening defense if he is prosecuted Uh for either leaks or for for intentionally misleading the court. Comey's defense is going to be, I'm not backing down from this Miss Sud was a Russian agent thing because that's what that guy told me. Brennan or Clapper or Cohen, these other guys. I'm sticking to it. You get them to, to, to back down from the Russian agent thing first. They told us that. Nice point, buddy. Well done. All right. I just needed to quickly get that in there. All right. Uh, last story of the day, but it's a good one. Showing you there is absolutely no bottom to the depravity of the left. There was a piece up in the Wall Street Journal about this unbelievable guy, this guy, uh, Robert Smith. And the title is by Jason Riley, who I love his work at the Wall Street Journal. The piece is Who's Afraid of Robert Smith's Philanthropy? That's the title if you want to look it up. Robert Smith, um, who happens to be black, which is, again, entirely irrelevant on this show, but to the left means everything because they love identity politics, uh, is an extremely successful uh, man who's the example of the American dream. I mean, his company, he has made you know, millions upon millions of dollars. His story is really an incredible one. So Robert Smith was asked to speak at a historically black college, Morehouse. While he's giving his commencement address at Morehouse, he does something really amazing. I mean, keep in mind, this guy has a history of philanthropy in the past, too. It's not like he needed to do this at this event to prove his charitable bona fides. He says, you know what, to all the uh, young men and women here at the graduation at Morehouse, again, it's a historically black college, I am going to pay off your student loan debt. And everybody's looking around like, what? I mean, <laughs> you know, folks, Wow, that, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it really is. Now, Joe, can we, right? I mean, can we, Jeez. you and I are rational, sane folks. I mean, can, yeah. well, can you find a negative in that? Uh, I'm serious. Like, try to dig out. Like, is there anything no. malicious or malevolent or, no, no, I, I can't either. I try. I, so I'm thinking like, when I'm reading Riley's piece yesterday, because I was going to put in yesterday's show, but Mueller's presser happened. Um, I'm thinking, well, well, who's afraid? The title's Who's Afraid of Robert Smith? I'm thinking, well, why would anybody be afraid of Robert Smith? What did he do wrong? Well, from the Wall Street Journal piece, again, the, there's no bottom to the left's depravity. They will attack anyone for any reason at any time if you disagree with their agenda. From the piece, they talk about now how, listen, the left is, att- just keep that up for a second. The left is now attacking Smith saying, well, listen, we can't be relying on people like this guy, Robert Smith, and billionaires to bail us out. The government's going to fix everything, man. And this is like a bad example for mm. You're like, are you guys and ladies really this sick all the time? So from the journal piece, Riley writes, the reality is that tuitions have risen mainly because the government is subsidizing them and schools know that most students won't have to pay for the full ride. More federal funding of higher education will exacerbate this problem, not solve it. And if higher tax receipts from, quote, the rich is the objective, then history argues that top marginal rates ought to be lowered, not increased. After those rates fell under Coolidge, Kennedy, Reagan, and George W. Bush, both the amount and share of taxes paid by top earners rose. Bingo, Jason Riley. Nice work. Mm -hmm. That is an evisceration of the left's talking points. So... Let me tie up what I'm saying because I put them in kind of disparate little boxes here. Generous, extremely generous human being, Robert Smith. 
gives a commencement address, pays the student loans of all of the attendees thereof, or agrees to. The left then attacks this guy, saying, well, that's not what we should be relying on. We should be relying on the government. And by the way, Robert Smith, the the millionaire donor who did this, he should be paying more taxes to do it, and they should tax him, and that's the solution. Erroneous. Thank you, Vince. Yes, totally erroneous. Riley eviscerates those two points. Raises taxes? Riley points out what we've pointed out on this show for, gosh, four years now, that the historical evidence that raising taxes on the rich indicates two things will happen. You will raise less money. Got to get the, when you have two, you got to get the right finger right first. Please. (laughs) You will raise less money and the percentage of taxes paid by the rich will go down. That can't be. It is. Look at the evidence yourself. Coolidge, Reagan, Kennedy, George W. Bush lowered taxes on the rich and both the percentage of the tax load they paid and the amount of taxes raised went up. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Riley's making the point that you want to raise more money for the government to pay off tuitions instead of them donating privately (laughs) by raising their taxes, knowing you're going to raise less money. So you can throw that solution out the window. Mm. But again... Don't let that simple fact and that data point get in the way of your stupid argument. Secondly, you think more government intervention in universities and colleges and student loans is going to help? It is precisely the fact that the government is involved in the financing of higher education that it is so expensive. What are the two areas, right? where costs have outrun inflation and the Democrats are constantly complaining about costs being out of control. What are the two? Number one, healthcare. The biggest government footprint of all. Almost 40 plus percent of healthcare is paid for by the government. You introduce a third party payer, prices, uh, prices go through the roof. You separate the, uh, the patient from the doctor. Nobody knows what they're paying. Prices go through the roof. Where else? Well, of course, universities. The government took over the student loan system. You separate the student from the college and you get the government involved, you have the third-party payer problem over and over. The government involvement in the system is why college is so expensive. It's not going to solve it. So both of their points are ridiculous. So a big hot tip to Robert Smith. Thank you for your generosity and philanthropy. Thank you to all the wealthy Americans who give away a lot of their money. You guys and ladies out there are doing the right thing. The government's not going to fix this. It's just going to make it worse. It's really gross. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Yesterday was our best day ever. Again, big hat tip to Media Matters. You guys are awesome. If you'd like to promote the show today, please do it. Uh, but keep our sponsors in there. You know, we do have copyright stuff. So if you mess with our show too much, we, but if you put the clips in there, I will retweet. You guys gave us our best day ever. Very nice. And please take the survey Today, it will be in the show notes. I promise we are not using your storing any personal data on you. It's just basic demographic questions. Helps us keep our costs down in marketing. Let's us know who's listening. We had a tremendous response to it yesterday, despite our screw up, mine. So thank you so much. You're the best audience in this business. I mean it. The best, bar none. Thanks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.